The Bible says that the kingdom of God is in you. Because after Jesus died, he went to the cross, he paid a price for us to actually house the kingdom of God. And so everywhere we go, we have the kingdom of God within us. So there's nothing that you can come against in your life that you can't call on that kingdom of God and everything that it's symbolic of and everything that it, it brings with it, you can call on that and invoke that into your life, into your family, family salvation. That's part of the kingdom of God, right? All of these things are part of the kingdom of God. And many times we've been in the kingdom so long that it just becomes common. And it actually can lose its power in our lives, its meaning, because we've just been in it for so long. And I, I, I've, I've been in it for a long time, and I know that many of you have, all of you probably have here. And it's those moments that we have to go back to God and enter again like a little child and strip off all of our preconceived ideas and all the things that's happening in the world and all of our fears and worries and all the limitations we put on the kingdom of God. It's when we realize that we can't limit God. And many times we put him in a box so he can't move unless I do this. He can't, he can't answer unless you do this. And we put all these stipulations. And, and in the Old Testament, we know the priests did the same thing. They had a few commandments, and then they just added on hundreds of stipulations and regulations. And they denied the power of, and they wouldn't enter in, nor would they allow other people to enter in because there was all these standards that you had to measure up to, all of these different things that you had to present before you could do this and do that but I've come to tell you today that there are no stipulations on you receiving from the kingdom of God the only thing that that we um, put limitations on ourselves is just not believing that it is for us and that it is for this season and it is for right now amen so it's removing those preconceived ideas or those ideas that we've had our whole lives so we can tap into the kingdom of God because I believe that today is Miracle Sunday when your pastors said that when they called me and said or messaged me and asked me to come and told me it was Miracle Sunday I want to tell you an hour before that one hour before that I had had the most incredible testimony that I had ever heard and and it's because that there was no, like, qualifications or, like, it was just the love of God and his pureness and his love towards us that there was, there was no reason this person that received this miracle was not in church when it happened. He wasn't singing a worship song when it happened, you know. He, not, he doesn't even really go to church. He just believed, just believed. I mean, we like to pre-qualify the miracles in our lives, in other people's lives, in our family's lives. And those we're praying for, we're like, well, they won't be blessed unless they do this. But there is no pre-qualifications for receiving from the kingdom of God other than you believe, right? Because our faith is not in man, it's in God. And this is Miracle Sunday. So one hour before I was messaged to come speak today, there was a gentleman that um, we had prayed for, and um, he had called 
my husband and when he got a diagnosis from the doctor's office. Um, and his diagnosis was fourth stage lung cancer. And he was seeking treatment in Louisville at the um, cancer doctor there. But he told me himself, he said, they showed me the x-rays. They circled every spot in my right lung and drew lines to it to my left lung and said, your right lung is finished. Your left lung now has it. And you're in fourth stage lung cancer. Now, we will find out what we can do, you know, and then they start doing all the testing to find out what type of chemo, what type of radiation will work for them. Well, one night, he was in a lot of pain, and we called him and just talked to him for a few minutes about salvation, about receiving healing, that it's just as easy as receiving healing as it is salvation, that there is no pre-qualifications. It's because God is good, not because we're good. It's all based on his goodness. The whole kingdom of God is. Yes, there are consequences to our lifestyles, and there, and there can be things that we can limit God in, but ultimately the kingdom of God and the miracles therein are based on his goodness. And so he was in pain that night, and he told us after we prayed, he was like, the pain's gone. I was like, praise God. I didn't know what that meant, you know, pain's gone, glory to God, I'm glad you're not in pain. Pain is debilitating. Pain is suffering. Pain is torment. But the kingdom of God comes to deliver us from even a spirit of infirmity and pain. It's all under the blood. And so a few weeks went by, and we got a message, or I got a message through my husband that they had tested his lymph nodes, and his lymph nodes... Um, had come back that they were completely clear. And we were like, wow, okay, praise God, because four-stage lung cancer, how many of you should know that it should be in your lymph nodes, right? And they're like, no, it's not there, it's fine. We're like, wow, praise God, that's one good report, now let's go to the next. And we were like, keep believing God for a complete miracle. He's like, okay, you know. And then the day you messaged me, one hour before that, it was on Sunday, New Year's Eve. We got a message. His doctor called him at 11 a.m. on Sunday and told him that, hey, um, we got all your tests back, and we can't find anything. You don't have cancer. <laughs> you tell me that's not God. That is God. Totally a miracle of God. Totally a miracle of God that's not, he's not pre-qualified. Everyone else would have discounted him. He didn't meet box one, box two, or box three. He didn't meet anything. God showed us the goodness of God, that he is just so good that a miracle are assigned to you. There are miracles assigned to you. Whatever it is you need, it is within the realm of the kingdom of God for you to grab hold of. And today is your day. You don't leave here without saying, God, I want what happened in that man's life. I'm believing you for a miracle in my life. I need a touch from you. I need healing in my body. I need healing in my mind. I need healing in my family. There is something about about the kingdom of God that shifts everything 
we call it like an upside down kingdom, amen, because it is so different than the world we live in. It's where we um, don't return evil for evil. It's where we bless those who despitefully use us. It's where we love people and we pray for people and we have compassion for people. Whereas the world grows harder and more cold and more indifferent. The kingdom of God people grow more in love with God, more in love with people, have a mandate to pray for people, to help people because we are opposite of what's happening in the world. It's because of the love of God that we invoke his presence everywhere we go. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God gives you authority. Matthew eleven twelve says, The kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. It's because you have to invoke it by force. It is not going to just happen. You must pray. You must believe. You must stand on the word of God and what he declares about you your life, and your family. It doesn't come easy all the time. Many times there's a battle to be fought and won. What you have to remember is that the battle doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God. But we are to occupy until he comes. We are to stand in his salvation, stand in his presence, and worship him until we see breakthrough. Amen. It's praising him. It's worshiping. Many times that's a sacrifice because we don't feel like it. It doesn't look like anything's happening. But faith is not seeing with our natural eyes. Faith is seeing into a spiritual realm. And there's a spiritual atmosphere here that we can tap into. There's a spiritual atmosphere that we step over into by faith. You remember Jesus said that he talked to his disciples and he taught them and he gave them wisdom. But to everyone else, it was parables. They couldn't, they didn't have ears to hear the word of God. They didn't understand how to access the kingdom of God. They didn't really want to hear the word of God. They were coming to judge him, who he was or what he was doing. So you have to have ears to hear what the spirit of God's saying. You have to ears to hear and eyes to see what he's doing versus your natural eyes and your natural ears it's hearing and seeing what God desires to do and so we are heirs of salvation the kingdom of God's within you was Luke 17 20 hallelujah did you know in this kingdom there are mysteries and there are mysteries that have been given to you see there's mysteries there's there's little um, there's little nuggets of wisdom that will actually invoke the kingdom of God in our lives. My people perish because of lack of knowledge, right? So there's knowledge and there's wisdom that we can apply to our lives to invoke the presence of God. Where we bless people, where we shift the atmosphere in our homes from, from whatever is happening to the presence of God where we pray for our children and we pray for our loved ones, but it's the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And, and only those who understand the kingdom can understand the mysteries, right? And it's why you're here today, because you understand the kingdom. I want to read a few things to you. Um, let's go to Matthew 6. How many of you love the word of God? Oh, it's so good. Thank you, Lord, for your word that speaks to us. 
so nice. I'm glad that's here. Thank you. Um, thinking about the kingdom of God, when you go to Matthew 6, um, and, you, and, you're, and the prayer that he teaches us there, he talks about, may your kingdom come, right? May your will be done. So there is a kingdom that they were praying that it would manifest on earth. I'm getting my white Bible pulled up here that I want to read from. Just one second, please. Um, so it's the kingdom of God that was being invoked. Our Father in heaven, hallowed. This was a pattern of prayer. It was my God, my Father in heaven. We worship you. We praise you. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Isn't that what he tells us? So he's saying to us, whatever you have need of, if it's in the heaven, you can have it on earth. He brought the kingdom of God from heaven to earth with his death, burial, and resurrection. He brought us access to the promises of God and to the, um, the kingdom of God. Everything we have need of, we had access to it because his kingdom came to earth and his kingdom's in you and me. Amen? So I wanted you to see that first. We know in uh, Matthew 6, it tells us to seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these things would be added unto us. We know that we have been given keys to the kingdom of God. You have been given keys. Those keys are used to bind and to loose, right? We know it means to um, forbid and permit is what that means. You actually have power to forbid something attacking you. You actually have power to forbid a generational curse going any further. You actually have power to forbid a spirit of infirmity coming on you or coming from your family. You have power to permit the things of God in your life. You have power to bring the kingdom of God in your life by permitting it to work through you and for you and for your benefit. That goes for your jobs, your promotions, your income, your witty ideas for jobs and, and streams of revenue. Whatever it is, God has a way for you to tap into the kingdom of heaven and the blessings that were tied to Abraham and the blessings that are tied to the kingdom of God all throughout the Old Testament has now been, we now have access to it because of Jesus and what he did on the cross. So all the limitations are taken off. Where the blood of bulls and goats was not able to cleanse us but cover us, now we have the blood of Jesus that washes our sins away daily and we can come boldly before the throne of grace and receive help in a time of need. It is a throne of grace. It is where we go for help. It's where we humble ourselves. It's what we run to because we have need of him to answer us. It's where the kingdom of God is invoked in our lives by running to the cross. In Luke 18, 19, he says, behold, I have given you authority to trample. That word authority means privilege. It means it's a force. 
You have a liberty. You have a right to do it. It is your right. You are heirs of salvation. Salvation, spirit, soul, and body. Not just your body. Spirit, soul, and body. So whatever has plagued your soul, whatever has tormented your spirit, whatever has come against your body, you can stand on the promises of God and receive healing for it. Amen, 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 amen. Just keep saying amen. Let it be so in my life. Healing is the kingdom. Let's look at Luke 10. Healing is the kingdom. It is the kingdom way. 10 verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70. And he sent them two by two before his face into every city and where he was about to go. And he said, the harvest is great. The laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of harvest to send out laborers. Go your way, and I send you out as lambs among wolves. And he tells them what to take, and he tells them what not to do. And he tells them which, um, to go to the house, to house. And all the way down in verse 9, he says, Heal the sick and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near you. Healing is kingdom mindset. It is part of our kingdom ability. So I'm saying all this and you're saying, Michelle, I know this, but tell me what else I need to know to receive. And we're going to talk about a few things because um, if you look at 1018, he says that he's given us all power. He saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And verse 19 I have given you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. All. Let's say all. All. Can you claim that? Yes. All is for you. Say all. All. There is nothing that you're going through, nothing that you come against that you don't have power to cut its head off in your life, to slay the giants, to trample on those little demons that are biting at your heel and teasing and tormenting you, to open up streams of income for jobs, promotions, and great favor in your life because that's all kingdom mentality. It's all kingdom what he's given us. So and many times it's coming like a little child back to the throne and being like, God, these things are not manifesting, and I need you to show me how. I need to show, show me where I've missed it. Because we know it's, the problem's never with God. It's in something we need to adjust in our mentality, in our life, in our prayer time, maybe getting someone to agree with us. We know because we can have anything we want if we just have someone agree with us. Maybe it's not, not accepting what we've always lived with or what's always been in our family. Maybe it's not accepting the generational curse or the way that things have always been done. Maybe it's shifting how we think and realizing, you know what, there's a better way. Oh, my goodness, there's something else. There's something else I can ask for. Oh, healing's for me. Wow, I don't have to stay sick. God can deliver me. I don't have to live with headaches all the time. God can deliver me. God can change everything. You know what? He can bless me. He can prosper me. He can give me favor everywhere I go. Everywhere my foot treads can be mine. Debt cancellation's mine. It's all those things that we invoke in our lives by having a kingdom mentality and understanding that he has given us, he came. This verse has just been jumping out at me recently. 1 John 3, 8 says he came to destroy the works of the enemy. 
He didn't come to play footsie with the enemy. He didn't come to, oh, if you do this, I'll do this. He didn't come to bargain. He didn't, he's not bargaining with the enemy in our lives. He came to destroy the works of the enemy. So anything that rises up against you that is the enemy, you can destroy with the word of God and with the kingdom of God in your life. Amen. He came to destroy. He wiped out ordinances against us. He nailed our sins, our shortcomings, our flaws, our failures. Colossians 2.14, they were nailed to the cross. Everything that was written against you, everything the enemy tells you and keeps taunting you with of where you've, you're not enough and all your flaws and all your shortcomings because you have an enemy on this earth. See, the kingdom of God's here, but there's also an enemy on this earth. He saw Satan fall from heaven, but guess where he fell? He fell on this earth. So he is on the earth, and he wants to tease and torment you, but what God wants us to do is turn our eyes to him, not to the problem. Don't glorify the problem. Don't glorify Satan and what he's doing, but glorify God and praise him for victory. Everywhere you go, God shall give me victory. There is nothing I can't have with invoking the presence of God in my life. And so it's taking the limitations off and allowing God to speak to you when the enemy is telling you you're not enough. You can't have that. You haven't done this. You haven't done that. Nah, 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 nah. That's what he does. He just roars like a lion in our ear. But you can shut him up and shut him down because God is for you. He is not against you. And he is not a man that he would lie. He will bring to pass what he said he will do won't he do it again is his arm shortened that he can't do what you're asking his arm is not shortened he can do all that you think or ask and he can do more he can do more than you think or ask because he wants your cup running over he wants a generational blessing in your house he don't want just you saved he wants it invoked into the generations into your children into the grandchildren to your sisters your aunts your uncles he wants you to invoke the presence of God Everywhere we go, we take the kingdom of God by force. Amen. Because he is a God that's the king of the kingdom. He is the king. Yes, he's made us kings and priests, which means he's given us kingdom authority. He's like, I'm king, and I need you to be king too. Because I'm in heaven, and I'm sending a Holy Spirit to help you be a king. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to help you rule. He will empower you with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. He will enable you to be a witness. He will cause you to overcome. He will help you tread in areas that you feel like you can't tread or can't go. Amen? He's like, you are kings and you are priests. Priests were the only ones that could come before God. But now we get that right and privilege where the veil has been torn and we can come into the holy of holies and say, God, I need your help. I need help to love people. I need your help to be delivered of stinking thinking. I need your help to be healed and made whole in my life. But I need you, Lord. I need you more than the air I breathe and the food that's been on my table. I need you more than the water that's on this table. I need you more than I do my family members, my children, my husband. 
husband, my spouse, I need you. Because without you, nothing works as it should. Nothing works as it should without him individually in our lives. Amen. So healing is the kingdom. It is part of our kingdom thinking. And he wiped out the ordinance. He has given us all power. He destroyed the works of the enemy. You know, I was thinking the other day how that um, Old Testament warfare and New Testament warfare looks different. Because Old Testament, it was hand-to-hand combat. It was carry weapons and build the wall. And, you know, it was hand-to-hand. It was this very in-the-natural physical thing that was happening. But in the New Testament, we have this spiritual battle. And our battle's not with flesh and blood, but it's with principalities and powers. And he also says, I have given you weapons that are not carnal. I have given you spiritual weapons. That's the mystery of the kingdom of God. You have weapons you can use. You are armed and you are dangerous. You just have to notify your mind that you are. You have to tell your soul, I am armed and I am dangerous. Because the spirit of the living God lives in me. And he has made me a king and a priest. So I don't have to tolerate what everyone else tolerates. I don't have to receive what's been spoon-fed me my whole life. I can invoke the presence of God on my life and change everything. Amen. So the New Testament, it looks different. We give no place to the enemy. There's a mystery in the kingdom. Give no place to your enemy. Give him no attention. Don't talk about what he's doing all the time. It's glorifying the works of the enemy. And he's a defeated foe. He is defeated when Jesus went to the cross. He was defeated then. He is still defeated. He made an open show of him then. He's still making an open show of him now when we invoke the presence of God in our lives. Amen. We give no place. Now it's by the Spirit of God. It's by words, containers. Our words are power. The Bible tells us that what we speak, we can have. We'll eat the fruit thereof. So that's a mystery in the kingdom. That our words are containers of power. And we have to guard our mouth and guard our words. Because when we release them and we believe what we spoke, then that's what will come to pass. We will eat that fruit, right? Uh, We don't want bad fruit. Who likes bad fruit? Nobody. Have you ever had a piece of fruit? It was like yucky, bruised, overripe, what unripe, whatever. We don't want bad fruit. But we guard against that by our mouth because we're going to eat what we speak. So we unintentionally can curse our own lives, unintentionally curse our family by speaking they'll never change, that will never happen, they are the way they are. Where do we change that at? We've got to change the way we think about people, breaking off limitations off of what we expect God to do. Listen, the miracle that we heard in this person's life I believe God with him, but it was so unexpected. God showed me something. He showed me something, pastors. He showed me his goodness like I have never seen his goodness before. And there was no pre-qualifications. That's why he sent them out to go to other towns, to go to other places, pray for people, pray for healing. Ask God to heal people because we love them and he wants them to be free. And it is kingdom. It is kingdom mindset. So I want to say a few things more. Number one, healing is for all, okay? 
Salvation and healing came from the cross. And so Mark 6, 56 talks about it's for all. 1 Peter 2, 24 says that by his stripes we were healed. And so there is healing for all. He took our infirmities. He healed and delivered us. Matthew 8, 16 through 17. Healing is for everyone. So let's say all. Healing is for me. Healing is for me. We're not limiting God today. Sometimes we just need to be reminded that it's for us too. Sometimes you're praying for so many other people that you don't even stop and think that it's for you too, you know? And you have to be reminded. And I am your gentle reminder today that healing is for you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Being sick does not give God glory. It actually does the opposite. I'm going to knock over a few religious mindsets that we can get in our minds. These are things I've had to confront in my own life, okay? So I'm not telling you anything that I haven't had to confront. But if God can kick over religious gates in my life, then I know he wants to do in all of our lives. Why? Because healing is kingdom. Because he wants us to pray for people and encourage people. And if we believe these things, it limits God. So if we, if we know that <clears throat> sick is not giving God glory, Galatians 3.13 talks about the curse was broken for us. And Isaiah 53 tells us and points to what Jesus was going to do, how he was bringing healing, and by his stripes we would be healed. So number four, we don't understand sometimes why other Christians die or are sick. But our faith should never be based on circumstances. It should never be based on what we see with our physical eyes. Our faith has to be based on the word of God, and that is it. Amen? We can't look to the right, look to the left. Yes, listen, this is how I believe. I would rather go to heaven standing and believing for healing than give up. Amen? I would rather fight for you to be healed until the day you left earth than me to give up. So our responsibility is to stand on the word of God in healing for our lives. And, and not to put limitations on him by looking at other people when they did not receive what they had prayed for. It's hard. But it's what we must do. Because God has no rivals and the word of God is the most important thing. Amen. Many people talk about Paul's thorn in the flesh. But you know what I love about Paul? Paul says that he was glorifying God in the midst of his thorn in the flesh. Do you know why? Because he knew he would do it again. He knew God would heal him, deliver him, give him grace to walk it out. He knew God would do it again. That is what Paul knew. So whether that thorn was physical or mental or, or someone else coming against him, it doesn't matter. He knew God would do it again. And sometimes we just have to remind ourselves, you know what? He healed me when I was a child. He healed so-and-so. He healed this person. He, he did this for me last year. He did that for me. Like, he'll do it again. He's not running out of miracles. He's not running out of blessings. He can do it again in our lives. Anytime you come against something that needs to be slayed, he can do it again. Number seven, sometimes, um, 
Some people say we don't have faith, but that's not it. We do need to have faith in God and his word. Because now faith is a substance of things hoped for. Evidence of it's not being seen yet. But faith is a substance. It is something we grab a hold of. You remember it rains on the just and the unjust alike. We know that some mix the word of God with faith and they saw their miracles. You mix the word of God with faith. You ask God to give you ears to hear what the spirit of God is saying. And you mix it with faith. Because God is a God of miracles. Amen. So we just have to have faith in his, in his word, faith in his blood. Um, in Matthew 9, 20, it talks about your faith. He said to the woman with the issue of blood who had spent all she had, she had no other routes to go. There was nothing else left to do. Only God could heal her. And she knew that. There are times in our life that nothing else will work. Nothing else can happen. Only God can heal us physically, spiritually, mentally, financially, in our body, in our life. Don't limit him. He wants you to prosper as your soul prospers. I mean everything in your life. Many times there's nothing else we can do but go to God. But all she did is touch the hem of his garment and Faith was released. Healing was released to her. And Jesus said to her, my daughter, woman, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. He felt that leave his life. And it was faith alone that made her whole. So it is faith in the word faith in God. Many times we are problem-centered. Number eight, we have our eyes on the problem. We're caught up in the storm, and he's saying, I need you to look up. I need you to put your eyes on me. I will help you walk on water. I will help you overcome everything that's come against you. I just need you to lock eyes with me. Take your eyes off the problem. Take your eyes off the strife, the discord, the family issues. Take your eyes off all of that and just put them on me because I'm going to move through you and I'm going to bring you a miracle so it's not being problem centered but actually focusing on that God is our solution James 5 15 says the prayer of faith raise them up and if they had sinned any sins they would be forgiven sin can't even stop the healing power of God amen it is you can't be pre-qualified for it it's only it's by faith and we receive it like we receive salvation sometimes we just make it too hard for ourselves and it, you know we pre-qualify things in our minds well I'm not doing this I haven't read my Bible enough today so I can't pray I can't pray for so and so I can't get up and speak because I haven't been doing all these things but God has a testimony in you each one of you in this room today are here because you love the Lord, because you're believing for miracles. I am speaking to the hungry people. I am speaking to the bride, and I know that. I just want to encourage you to believe him for greater things in your life. I am praying that as I speak, that strongholds are broken, that mindsets are torn down and altars of pain are broken in our lives and we go back to the altar of God and we enter in like a little child 
children believe quickly and easily anything you tell them. And they have such an open heaven over them. But I believe God in this day and time is releasing an open heaven over us. I believe not only is there a door for this year, but I believe it's open. And I believe the veil is very thin for you to step into the spiritual realms and access what it is you have need of today. Doesn't have to be because you prayed and fasted all this time. Don't limit God. It's whosoever calls on him. Whoever can receive, you can receive what you have need of. Because it's not based on me. It's not based on need. It's not based on anything other than you, God, and faith in him that he's able to do all these things, right? That's all it's based on. I'm going to cover just a few more. So we need to bridle our tongue because it has creative power, Proverbs 18.20. One of the altars that we have to tear down many times in our life as believers is fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. It's actually invoking that kingdom in our life versus God's kingdom. So we have to tear down fear. We have to tear down pride because it's opposite of humility. Well, I don't want to go up again. I've been up 50 times and I haven't got my answer. Pride, let it go. Keep coming up. Keep coming up. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Don't give up. Who cares? You've been up there 50 times. Maybe today's the day, right? Maybe it's right now. Maybe it's after a while. I don't know, but I'm just saying, don't get caught up in who is praying for you or what is happening. Just lock eyes with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? Because the kingdom of God is in you, and it's everywhere. It's not limited to just one revival meeting somewhere. It's everywhere. It's wherever we call on the name of the Lord. So we have to tear down pride, and we have to tear down fear. And we have to reflect on our heart and, and cleansing our heart and renewing our mind to the word of God. And, and then we walk in forgiveness and we, we, we ask God to help us forgive other people. And, and we, we get knowledge in our lives. And these are just all things that, you know, there was, I was sick for a while. This was back um, when COVID just began. And I'm telling you these things because these are things that I had to do in my heart. I had to make an inventory of everything. Where do you have pride, Michelle? Are you f more fearful of this than God's word? Like, what have I spoken and opened a door to in my life? What have I come in agreement with that I need to come out of agreement with? What do I need to repent and what altar do I need to tear down? So, you know, when, when something hits us, sometimes it can be something we have done that we need to repent for. Other times it's just an attack of the enemy. And I don't know which one it is. But it behooves us to do an inventory of our hearts and minds, right? And getting everything out that would limit the move of God in us and through us. Because when that happens, it brings the kingdom of God to us and then to everyone around us. It becomes a circle of influence. He doesn't want it to just stop with you, right? He wants to affect everyone in our lives with the kingdom of God. So we start seeking the healer versus the healing. 
We seek the healer. We seek God. We worship him when nothing's happening. We worship him when it does happen. We rejoice greatly. Amen. So we look to God more than we look to man. Psalms 118, 8 through 9. And we lock eyes with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. So I don't know what you came here with today, but I know that this is Miracle Sunday. Whatever you have need of, I am believing God to meet you. And I'm believing that he meets you in a powerful way. Everything you have prayed for comes to pass in your life as you